Hello and welcome back to the Album Files podcast. My name is Abby Mickey. I'm here with Matt Denise. Matt, hello. Hello. How are you going? Your sweatshirt is cool again. It is, yeah. I'm wearing a, a, a jumper from a now non-existent brand called, uh, I think it's Cycling Tips. Um, they used to be pretty cool, but I don't think they exist anymore. So just trying to keep the brand alive, you know. They give you tips about how to ride a bike. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Properly. I wish they'd taken some tips about how to preserve any of their back catalogue of articles that they uh, failed to transfer across. That would have been a good tip. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was Ian Trelaw. In case you were wondering. Oh, sorry. Know. Yeah, just <laughs> busting in out of nowhere. Hi, hello, bicycle <laughs> and music friends. We are here to talk about Matt's pick of Godspeed You Black Emperor Slow Riot for New Zero Canada. I still don't know how I'm going to fit that into the album title on <laughs> uh, on Acast, but we will see how that goes. Before we dive into that. I have been listening. No, this is, I'm so boring. Like this was my idea or this was, this was my, this was my idea to do this part before the episodes. And I should have thought better because it exposes me as just the basic human being that I am (laughs) because Ed Sheeran (laughs) has been, has, (laughs) has been releasing, um, uh, playlists of his um, music set list <laughs> of his oh. music, <laughs> playlists of his set list from his current tour, and I've been listening to that. I think that it's very nice. The end. I'm so boring. <laughs> I wish I I wish that I was. I wish I could come up with something like cool and edgy. I'm not that person. <laughs> Ian, how about you? You're cool and edgy. Uh, um, but I'm also basic because I'm about to talk about things that we've spoken about before as well. So I have been back down the sadness <laughs> rabbit hole, the band, not the emotion. Um, the, the great thing about sadness is that he releases so much music that if you just take a couple of months off, you'll come back and he's got a new album or a new split EP or something. So he has a new album. It's good. Um, and Sufjan Stevens, after making everybody horribly depressed last episode, <laughs> I went back to the album Illinois, which I realized that I re- repeatedly referred to throughout the episode as Chicago. It isn't. It's <laughs> Illinois. Chicago is a city in Illinois and a song on the album Illinois. But Illinois is the album by Sufjan Stevens. And how is the album? Oh, uh, yeah, no, that's that's it. For, that's all I've been listening to, really. Um it's a good album. It it helped me find some more joyful moments in the in the Sufjan Stevens back catalogue and reminded me of some things that I really liked about that album. And also some things that I don't. Like there's there's a lot going on, on there. But it is it is a little bit more chipper. Oh my god, I just realized that I have been listening to one other band. I believe I believe you go. <laughs> and I've been listening to an Irish boy band called Picture This and they make music and it is danceable and that's what I've been listening to. They have one song called Winona Ryder that is like very basic but just delicious and yeah they have two albums and they open for the Jonas Brothers during their like comeback tour and so that's how I know of them Um, but 
I would never recommend this album to you guys ever in a million years, but I really enjoy <laughs> listening to their music. Matt, how about you? I've had a pretty busy week, so truthfully, I haven't listened to all that much stuff besides um, our feature album this week, but I did go and see the Rocky Horror Show over the weekend. Uh, it was the 50th anniversary performance um, here in Melbourne, and it's uh, very cool to see it for the first time. My parents had the soundtrack CD of it when we were kids, and we'd often listen to that. So I was very familiar with a lot of the songs, even if I wasn't familiar as a kid with uh, the adult nature of a lot of the songs on the album. Um, but the production's so good. I really had a great time. Um, cast was great. Songs are great. Jason Donovan as Frank and was amazing. Just a really fun night. <clears throat> Excuse me. So if you haven't seen Rocky Horror Show and you want something a bit, what did you say at the start? Maybe fun and edgy or something like that when you're trying to find something else other than Ed Sheeran to talk about. I think Rocky Horror would probably fit the bill. Uh, there's a bit going on. That's for sure. Did you dress up? I didn't. I wasn't aware of the whole cult following and uh, audience participation, yelling at the cast thing that goes on. Uh, it's quite something when you're not used to it but there are certain points in the show where the audience basically yeah will yell lines back at the cast or the narrator and uh yeah that was quite fun added an extra wrinkle to it which was quite enjoyable i think if i went again i would maybe dress up yeah i think that'd be that'd be a cool night out you should yeah that'd be hilarious please send pics to our group yeah. chat <laughs> <laughs> i've only seen it like as a sh- I've seen the movie obviously but I've only seen it as a show once like when I was in high school we went as like a theater and it was amazing and we dressed up we had like the whole theater wardrobe department amazing. at our fingertips <laughs> so it was super fun I had the uh, yeah. I had the pleasure of going with uh I think four people four people that had no idea what to expect um at all and so the look on their faces uh, during some of the raunchier scenes were some of the best parts of the entire night. It was just delicious. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Ian, have you seen it? I went and saw a movie sort of screening of it where everyone got dressed up and, and stuff. But that is about it. Now I'm tempted to watch the movie again. I haven't seen the movie. I should make Tom's watch it. He would probably be like horrified. <laughs> should we talk about our album of the week? You know, we've had weirder I feel like. Ooh. I don't know. Matt, would you like to explain this decision? I'd love to. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, a lot of the music I listen to for the first time kind of washes over me or takes a little while to make an impression. Um, but every so often when I listen to something, it really grabs me and pulls my attention away from whatever else I might be doing at the time. Um, and this EP was one of those. Um, I remember where I was when I first heard it. I was sitting in the lounge room uh, of the house that my mates Adam and Sarah lived in and th- at the time we worked together in a wedding reception venue and it was late one night we'd come back from you know a shift late at night sitting in their lounge room really dark all really tired um, probably eating some terrible food or something and they put this EP on the record player on vinyl um, I remember just being pulled out of the conversation and being like, what on earth are we listening to? And I was just, I was captivated from that moment. That was my first experience of Godspeed, you black emperor. And 
that would have been, oof, wouldn't that have been probably 17 years ago, 15 years ago, something like that. Uh, and yeah, been hooked on them since. And they're, they're one of my favorite groups. Um, just a really quick primer on Godspeed, you Black Emperor, for those that aren't familiar. Um, they're a post-rock band from Montreal, Canada, formed in the mid-1990s. Um, and Ian, you can probably correct me on this one if I'm wrong, but I, I would say they're probably one of the biggest names in that post-rock space, um, which is a genre that kind of often light on vocals and leans more on long, lush arrangements that kind of build and fall away. Um, Guitar-based arrangements, a lot of strings often and often playing with that tension between quiet and loud sections very effectively. Um, would you say that's fair, Ian? They're one of the biggest bands in that space? Yeah, I'd say so. I, I think uh, through that sort of early period of Godspeed You Black Emperor, they were one of the sort of top four or five bands of that genre, along with like Mogwai, um, Explosions in the Sky, Mono, Sigaros, probably. Ooh, would, some would good names the, in there. The others Ooh. in that. Some really good names in there, yeah. <laughs> um, so Godspeed's first release came in 1994 in the form of a cassette demo. Their first album was called F-Sharp, A-Sharp, Infinity, and re- released in 1997. And the EP we've been listening to this week, um, Slow Riot for New Zero Canada, came out in 1999 after that first album. Um, if you look at the cover art for the album, all it has on it is just a, a phrase in Hebrew that translates to formless and empty which is from the Torah. Um, the name of the EP or the band isn't on the cover. And it's, in fact, it's barely mentioned anywhere on the packaging for the album at all, for the record at all. So it's kind of got this air of mystery about it, which fits nicely with the, the whole ethos of the band. Um, the recording itself is a touch under half an hour. Um, but as we might've teased last time, it's just two tracks long. The first Moya, is about 11 minutes long and the second blaze bailey finnegan the third is nearly 18 minutes long but both tracks you can split into several movements i think um, which i guess we can dive into more as we go along um ever since i first heard this album as i mentioned i i absolutely adored it i think that few artists are able to play with the contrast between light and shade quiet and loud beauty and sadness beauty and chaos quite like godspeed um, and for me, this EP rises and falls. It gets really quiet in parts to the point where there are sadness in the middle of song. Oh, sorry, sadness. There are silence in the middle of songs. Also, sadness in the middle of songs. It goes from quiet to really loud. It goes from triumphant to kind of heartbreakingly bleak in places. Uh, it's a hell of a ride. Um, the combination of strings and guitars and you know percussion and bass underlying it all. Plus the spoken word stuff in the second track really creates a, a, um, a quite a striking mood for me. And to me, Godspeed's vibe or their jam is kind of beauty in the apocalypse is how I'd describe it. Um, the opening track from their first album uh, called Dead Flag Blues kind of captures this vibe perfectly. Uh, it just has a narrator saying we are trapped in the belly of this horrible machine and the machine is bleeding to death and it kind of starts out that's the way it starts and it's kind of this post-apocalyptic landscape and anyway well worth a listen if you if you kind of dig the vibe of of this particular ep um i love the organic nature of this recording and of godspeed stuff more generally it's not a recording that was you know done to a click track and 
Pro Tools or whatever. The songs aren't perfect. It's not the timing isn't perfect. They speed up and slow down. It feels like this living, breathing beast, warts and all. Um, and I really appreciate that, and I think it really suits the genre uh, that they're playing in. We talked last week about how this is an album best listened to on headphones in the dark. I think we kind of said that jokingly, but I definitely stand by that. And it takes on an almost otherworldly quality for me in that context when you're deprived of other senses and you're forced to focus all of your attention on the rise and swell of the music. And if you ever get to see them live, take that opportunity because, oof, just mind-blowing. And just on the listening experience, one listen I did in the past week, I did while out running late at night with the wind howling around and the rain pouring down. And uh, that was quite a visceral experience and um, very glad I went out for that because it was quite a memorable, a memorable listening. Listen, um, I've gone on long enough. I'm really keen to hear about how you guys found it and Abby, you in particular, given... uh, (laughs) Yes, given how you've reacted to some of my other recommendations in recent weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Go, Abby, go. So, hilariously, I I thought when you proposed this last episode, I was like, this, I, the name of this, I feel I'm nervous, I'm scared. Um, <clears throat> and then I realized that it sounded familiar because it was familiar, because I went to school in Burlington, Vermont, just across the Canadian border from Montreal and there was a boy <laughs> who I went to school with from Montreal and he was obsessed with this band um so I've definitely heard not maybe not this EP but I've heard some of their other stuff before um so that was a really wild flashback <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> <So sweet>. um <laughs> Yeah, and I I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I yeah. <laughs> this you is got one, Matt. You got one. Pick. You did it. <laughs> my second favorite map pick ever. <laughs> um, I yeah, I really really enjoyed it. I feel like upon first listen, I did listen to it with headphones in the dark, uh, and I was really entranced by it. Like. It was like all consuming, I feel like. And when the second track started and there was a guy talking on it, I was like, I could do without this. I could listen to Moya for 10 hours happily and be happy with that experience. Um, But as I listened to it more and as I listened to it out in the wild, I started to appreciate more like what they were trying to do with adding that into the second song um and so i feel like it really grew on i liked it from the go and i think it grew on me even as i listened to it more and i listened to it like i listened to it on the plane uh flying from spain to latvia i listened to it um on a on a walk along the finnish countryside (laughs) i listened to it um running through the latvian forest so i listened to it in many different situations and i feel like while the black room was the best for where this music can really take the imagination i still enjoyed listening to it a lot um in in many other ways and i yeah i really really like it and i feel like 
it's because there's no lyrics, it can really like let your brain run wild with its own storytelling. And I had a lot of fun with that because I feel like it's like there are parts of of this EP that I feel like could have been, you know, the background music of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I think that that's where it really took my imagination a lot of the time um, into my fighting, fighting off vampires and falling in love. <laughs> um, yeah. So I really, I really, really. It surprised me, but I really, really enjoyed this EP. I'm really happy to hear that. I was preparing myself for you to hate it. So to hear that you enjoyed it is... 0.2. No! (laughs) Psych. No, I thought it was great. Like, I feel like the only drawback for me is that it was only 30 minutes, but but every time it ended and started over again, it's like such a seamless... Uh, loop that it just kind of would always keep going and I would listen to it for like I don't two hours and it would just kind of and it didn't feel like it had ever ended well if you want more I've got some great news for you Abby um, this this is <laughs> this this album oh. is like very counterbalanced to picture this and they're like <laughs> Winona Ryder <laughs> um, this is the shortest of their recordings um and there are some very, very long recordings. Like, um, I think Lift Your Skinny Fists, Lift Your Skinny Fists Like Antennas to Heaven is quite a bit longer. Um, yeah, it's nearly 90 minutes long. And it's, I think a bunch of their albums are actually around that length where you've got 20, 25 minute tracks, rise and fall, different movements, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I would definitely encourage you to dig into their other stuff because this is just scratching the surface. And I think this is probably their most approachable work in the sense that it is relatively bite-sized. Um, but if you want to go deep, uh, I've had some great flights listening to, um, yeah, Lift Your Skinny Fisk. Like it just an hour and a bit of getting lost in a different world is is quite remarkable so yeah dig in that's their their most um popular album right yeah i'd say so yeah i think it was received critical acclaim and was on some best of the decade list that came out in 2000 Hmm. interestingly the band had a hiatus from 2002 till 2012 um and they've had three albums no four albums since they came back um and they're all strong like there's of the stuff that I've heard, and I've heard everything but the original cassette recording, which I think is now online somewhere. Um, all of it's just super strong. There are less good moments that in there, but when they're on, they're they're incredibly, incredibly good. Yes, I remember college uh, college hockey boy being very sad that they were. <laughs> 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 I'd forgotten that he existed. That's hilarious. It was just a hilarious <laughs> moment I had in a dark room. Just like, wait. <laughs> I, I think just, bef- sorry, just to jump in there. I, I think one thing that's really interesting, like kind of uh, college boyfriends aside, one thing that's really interesting about this whole uh, project, I guess, that we've embarked on is just how much... Uh, past stuff this has dug up for all of us some of it good some of it bad but i i think there's there's something to that and the the impact of music and the way that music links 
the past and the present and how music can be heightened by past memories and how past memories can be heightened by music or whatever. I, I don't know. I'm not articulating it very well, but I think that's been a common theme that's run through virtually every episode we've done. And I, I don't know, just want to call that out. And I think that's really interesting to think about. That's cool. Um, I, on your, on your point that you think that there's strong moments on all of their albums, I would say that for me, at least the, there are like, diminishing returns for the albums that they've done since they came back so i think uh this is probably my favorite single godspeed you black emperor release i think that um i think you're right in saying it's the most accessible and i think that uh in the context of their discography moya is kind of like their pop song um <laughs> 11 which is pop song, yeah. <laughs> which is an interesting interesting way to describe a a song that long but uh yeah i i think that for me they kind of lost me with some of their newer stuff i was um the as they've gone on they've disappeared more into these kind of drone based sort of interludes and things which means that a four a four track album might actually be two songs that you want to listen to and two tracks of of just droney stuff to to split it up um so I think that's been a bit of my frustration with latter era Godspeed You Black Emperor, but everything up to 2002 when they broke up the the last album Yankee UXO was really good. Lift Your Skinny Fist Like Antennas to Heaven is stellar, like just a remarkable, remarkable album. Um, F Sharp, A Sharp Infinity is, is really, really good as well. Uh, out of Godspeed You Black Emperor, it's this huge sort of collective of, I don't know, like a shifting number of people, but seven to nine to 12 people. Um, and I think you can kind of feel in the in the music and in the choices of spoken word and uh, found recordings that they use that there is this kind of political element that runs through the music. You can see that in the the um blaze bailey finnegan the third uh sample that they use mm. and i think that one of the things that was surprising to me on re-listening to it now was how uh how politically that kind of uh foreshadows so much of what's to come in american politics and is still happening now it's just this anti-government rant and a guy rattling off the list of guns that he owns and just just holding court with his bad opinions and <laughs> i think it's it's pretty fascinating that that exists as a document from from 1999 and is still so current now in like a like that was recorded pre 9-11 that was recorded mm. a, a long long time ago and and it could have been I, I recorded yesterday. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's just some some guy with a lot of guns. Um, with Do you a, know the lore about the? Who? Have you guys ever dug into the Reddit of whose please, voice that is? Hit us with it. I mean, I don't know, but I briefly fell into a Reddit rabbit hole about like whether or not that's one of the guys from the band faking like a crazy guy on the street, or if they were like at a coffee shop one day and some guy just walked up to them 
and started ranting. And so they like turned it into an interview and recorded it. Or there's like a ton of lore on on Reddit about who that is. It's really fascinating. I was hoping one of you knew the actual answer of, of whose voice that was. I think I probably would have known at one point, but uh, a long time ago. Like I, I was quite quite deep into Godspeed You Black Emperor and all of the uh, all of the side projects of the the band leader from Menuk. Um, I wrote essays in uni about Godspeed You Black Emperor and um, whilst I was searching for one of those essays to read I discovered that I'd written a, a like music blog article about Godspeed You Black Emperor and Silver Mount Zion um, and um, can you send that to me so I can link it in the show notes <laughs> I can copy and paste some things but I can I can uh, I can tell you the kicker which is me saying that I overdid it <laughs> And uh, I listened to them so exhaustively, so comprehensively that I completely spoiled them for myself. Mm. I am a Godspeed You Black mm. Emperor fan who can't bear to listen to a single thing by them anymore. <laughs> so that was that was where I was at in 2011. Um, I feel that way about Taylor Swift sometimes. I won't lie. Yeah, I I I love this uh, this EP, and I I think that it's a, a really cool piece of music. Um, on the Blaze Bailey Finnegan thing, I think it's kind of interesting in that spoken word bit that he does, which he presents as his own. Mm. He's just reading the lyrics to an Iron Maiden song. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that that um, choice to, to just include that in whole and have him present it as his own, his own work just kind of gives him the rope to hang himself, really, because it's <laughs> it's just... Dude, you're just talking shit. Um, <laughs> on the on an interesting counterpoint to that is the fact that the song Moya is itself kind of quite um, heavily appropriated from another piece of music. Uh, when Godspeed You Black Emperor were always really big on on allowing their fans to bootleg their mm. uh, recordings. So there are a bunch of live recordings of them, some of them really, really, really good and could be released and you'd be very happy to to pay money for it. Some of them kind of like dodgy recordings where somebody's just stuffed a you know, recorder in their pocket or whatever. But before before this EP was released, that song was called Gorecki, which is a nod to the Polish composer Henrik Gorecki, um, whose Symphony of Sorrowful Songs or Symphony Number no. Three, Opus Thirty Six, if we're getting into the weeds, <laughs> is very, very similar to to Moya, um, particularly that opening opening sort of bit, and that's also a really beautiful piece of music uh, if you're into this kind of thing. Just on the recording stuff, Ian, and on the the bootlegging thing, uh, if you go to archive.org, there are five hundred and forty-one concerts, I believe, or five hundred and forty-one recordings. Um, from Godspeed. So if you want to listen to some live Godspeed, you can you can do that. It, it is out there. All free and available. The uh the 2001-2002 vintage is particularly good. I <laughs> I was uh tidying up my CDs in the garage the other day and I just found this like wedge of empty jewel case well like um yeah, jewel cases with with just like pirated discs in them from Godspeed you Black Emperor and yeah. That was that was kind of cool. 
Imagine that there's kids these days that don't know what it is to pirate music onto a CD. It's a, it's a lost art form, really. <laughs> yeah. Going and buying it. When you, had to, when you were making a playlist and you could only make it long enough to fit on a CD. Yeah. I think I've still got tapes that I put together from um, like when I was 12 and just pretending that I had a radio show. <laughs> you did mm. that too? Oh, great memories of doing that. That's great. Yeah, so good. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things I feel like about this and about how they lay out the each of the tracks is like how much it builds and builds and builds, like how much it starts out so slow and easy and like really, really quiet. Like multiple times I would be I would put it on and I'd be listening and the first like couple seconds of Moya, there's like basically no sound. Um, if you have headphones on, you can kind of hear it, but if you're listening to it, like in the car, it's like not, not going to happen. And then the final, like five minutes and the final three minutes really is just like incredible. And I really love that. Yeah. I, I love the way that it sort of layers over itself as well. I think, I think one of the cool things about it is that there's so many different instruments in the band and it sounds like it's a pretty live recording to me. So, um, the the way that the violin lines at around six or seven minutes into Moya just sort of weave in and out over the top of... Uh, I'm just waving my hands around like an idiot. No one can see it besides these two, but <laughs> imagine it. Um, and I think you're right, Matt, in when you, you spoke about that dynamic range. Like, it it is really impressive in that and it it draws you in and keeps you really engaged with it and really interested it almost sort of like drops out at four minutes into that song and then the way that it builds towards the end it's almost like an edm drop yeah at about eight and a half minutes in where it's um just the the pace changes just slightly and then it just builds just ramps up to the finish it's such an incredible piece of music that last section is one of my only uh, it's amazing but there's one of the only things about this that i don't like is the way that last section is produced there are two what i think are electric double bass lines at the same time panned hard left and hard hard right um and in head when you listen to it in headphones to me it gets a bit muddy or a bit kind of convoluted and they kind of walk over each other a little bit which pulls me out of it a touch but yeah that's kind of searching for criticisms really if that's that's the thing that stands out to me um but yeah that's one small thing that i notice every time i listen to it it just feels like they could have maybe mixed that a little bit better or produced that a little bit better um but again, that kind of comes back to the what I mentioned earlier about the organic feel of this and what you mentioned, Ian, about this feeling like a live recording. It doesn't it feels like a bunch of people in a room with all of the you know, ups and downs you get of that. Um and that's just kind of what it is. It's just a moment captured in time and it's beautiful. Um You spoke about the live experience. You've seen them live, Matt? Mm. Yeah, I saw them with a friend of the podcast, uh, Andy Van Bergen. Um, I was trying to remember... Ah. Yeah, I was trying to remember if it was in... uh, I think they came out here 
to Melbourne 2013 and maybe 2016 as well. I can't remember if I saw them both times or just once. But there was a moment, whichever gig we went to, where, it, you know, again, that kind of dark room thing and you can barely see them on stage and uh, they went into some kind of triumphant rousing section. It was just like one of those kind of transcendent moments really where the world falls away and you're just completely lost in the music. And I remember just kind of looking at Andy and just like shaking my head and like, I don't know, it was just hard to describe, but just completely, yeah, otherworldly. I think transcendent is how I describe it. Um, and yeah, they had moments like you described Ian, where they've kind of leaned more into the droney kind of stuff in between more musical bits. I think you could say, but the, the highs are just so high with Godspeed. And uh, again, if you have the opportunity to see them and hopefully they're... I think they are still touring at the moment or they have been touring on and off in recent years. If you get the chance to see them and this EP appeals to you, just just go. You, you won't regret it. I think that I... Um, I think that I saw them in 2013, but I don't remember. I mean, I... I sorry, I know that I saw them, but I don't remember the show. I, I think I... <laughs> drank too much or, or something and I, I kind of regret that that was a memory that I don't have I, I kind of remember a dimly lit room but the music didn't really stick with me in a, a meaningful way and perhaps that was because the 2013 show they were touring their album Alleluia Don't Bend Ascend which is not my favourite of theirs and um, barely played anything from that sort of pre-breakup era so the conditions weren't ripe for me to maximize my enjoyment but even so I, I i look back on that and think oh i wish that i'd just handled <laughs> handled myself a bit differently <laughs> <laughs> so that i could remember the show that i went and saw <laughs> i hope they're two here again so i will be there that's for sure have you listened to much silver mount zion yeah a little bit so for those that aren't familiar silver mount zion uh, and various incarnations of the band, various names of the band even, but um, they're kind of a, a side project, a separate project for the yeah the, the lead guy who you mentioned, Ian. But um, I've listened to some of their stuff and some of it is very good. I find his voice, uh, his singing voice to be abrasive. And I know it's kind of supposed to be or it's that's part of the charm. I've found it difficult to overlook that a lot of the time and I just find myself gravitating back towards Godspeed where it's more focused on the music and his voice isn't as distracting. But um, I imagine there's a lot of the Silver Mount Zion discography that doesn't feature vocals. Is that fair? Um, the earlier stuff less so. Uh, the earlier stuff less vocals. So um, they all have really long album titles. So I am going to test my memory by remembering what they are their first album he has left us alone but shafts of light sometimes still pierce the corner of our room <laughs> <laughs> rolls off the um top. yeah yeah it's it's that's really good uh, that's that was there that was out in 2000 and that is mostly instrumental born into trouble as the sparks fly upwards in 2001 had a little bit more of the vocals but is probably still close-ish to the godspeed formula uh Horses in the Sky in 2005 was very, 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 very good. Um, 
and quite vocal forward, but the all of the political concerns and the um, the way that you kind of conceptualize that for Godspeed You Black Emperor as a collective are there in lyrical form, and I think that there's a lot of stuff about you know the military and uh, you know variations of the the rants of the, the guy on the last track of this, but um, but more from an anarchist rather than a yeah extremist perspective. Mm. So that that album is probably my favourite of theirs, Horses in the Sky. Okay, and the one where I find his voice the least grating because i i do understand what you mean Mm. absolutely um but that one i think does it quite well yeah i need to dig into more of their stuff it's long been on a list of things that i want to listen to i just haven't and i i think in my mind their discography feels a bit unapproachable or too big or something like that but maybe it's not the case maybe it's just i don't know maybe i just know that i like godspeed better from what i've heard and just keep going back there but yeah, thank you for the reminder. I'm I'm keen to dive in. I I'd say that out of the sort of Godspeed You Black Emperor orbit, there's this huge sort of constellation uh, of um, bands on the Constellation record label, which they are one of the founding artists of. And there's there's a lot of really great stuff on that. Often even more difficult to kind of approach. So there's. Uh, do Make Say Think is uh, another sort of post-rock band that would be worth checking out. But they've also got, you know, Klezmer bands and Colin Stetson, who has done a lot of work with Bonnie Vare and um, Sophie and Stevens and uh, other artists that we've spoken about. So there there are kind of links into that big global, global community of musicians that we've um, been exploring over over the last little while and arcade fire sort of came out of this this scene a little bit as well they were kind of a more approachable offshoot of that but the the conditions of music in montreal were kind of such that a band like that could could come out and have this enormous ensemble and slightly more joyous music and go on to be this huge band that won a grammy and then um, now are mostly cancelled because of the actions of the lead singer. But uh, <laughs> Arcade Fire. But they were... Right? Arcade Fire, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that there's lots of ties into to lots of different artists that people might be more familiar of within the Godspeed orbit and within Constellation Records as well. I was thinking we were going to get through an entire episode without harking back to somebody that we'd talked about in a previous episode, but you... Uh... Yeah, you managed to get there with Sufjan Stevens. Found a way. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't mentioned um, Tiny Desk concert yet, though. So if one of you could just find a way to do that, that'd be great. <laughs> I think they'd need a pretty big desk for, <laughs> for all of Godspeed, you Black Emperor. <laughs> uh, the last thing I was going to say was just the final movement of Blaze Bailey Finnegan III is just glorious. The kind of angelic strings outro is just a... Uh, so, such a nice way to end the uh, the album. Um, I don't, know, don't really have anything else to say other than that. Just wanted to call that out. Just ends so beautifully. After starting so menacingly, I think, like the, the very start of Moira with that cello drone is kind of arresting, I think, in its 
menacingness in its menace. I don't know how you'd say that, but to then go to the other end of the recording and finish with that angelic strings outro is, uh, I think that's a nice contrast that kind of, yeah, sums up the journey or at least talks to the dynamic range that the group has. I think that there are certain instruments that they use, which uh, do do give those kind of musical colors, um, like to, to broaden the palette out away from like black and brown and dark green and blue. Um, the the mallet percussion in Blaze Bailey Finnegan the, the third is, is really, it's like this, this way of piercing through the gloom. And I, I think that the, the violin does that in Moyer as well. It's just this thing that sort of soars over the top of it and um, gives it a, a, a different dimension. It, it's really, really effective instrumentation and really beautiful. And I, I don't know how um, musically, I mean, they're, they're obviously great musicians, but I don't, I don't think that they're particularly like classically musically musically trained or anything like that. Um, Ephraim Manuk, who's the, the sort of main animating uh, force behind the the band, uh, didn't didn't know how to write or read music. And Silver Mountain Zion began as a project to force him to learn how to notate things for for that ensemble. So I I think for a sort of group of people that are doing things in a fairly homemade sort of um, quite an authentic kind of ethos. It's it's really even more impressive that, that this is the result. Rate and review, like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Tell your friends. So I was thinking about, I was thinking about rating this album um, and Tom's and I have a system we love a hamburger, a good hamburger. And whenever we get a, a burger, we have a five-star rating system where each star is for an element of the burger. And I was thinking about rating this album, and I was like, that would be like trying to rate a grilled cheese with our burger system. <laughs> like, I don't know how to rate this album. I really don't. I I feel like giving it anything less than like a an eight out of 10 would feel like a like some kind of job I feel like it deserves more than that but I also feel like I it's not something that I'll return to regularly even though I enjoyed it so much it's it, there's like such a time and place for listening to it that I'm like I don't know when I would ever listen to it but I I feel like I'd have to give it an 8 out of 10 just because it like captures you so well and it's just like beautiful and like a little bit haunting and also, like, kind of crazy. I don't know. This is what I was thinking about the rating, the rating of this. I think that's fair. It's I'll a, take eight out of ten. It's a pretty good grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> I, I give it a grilled cheese sandwich out of ten. <laughs> it's a nine for me. Uh, maybe nine and a half. I don't know. It's somewhere in there. Nine, nine and a half. Very hard, hard to find fault with it, I think. Um, like you, though, Abby, I don't listen to this all that often it's not something that i want to listen to all that often i really resonate with what ian said before about not wanting to listen to or, or rather listening to things too much makes them unappealing to me and i when i really love something like this i'm very careful not to over listen to it because i really wanted to have that impact 
every time I listen to it. So I probably listen to this once every six months, once a year even. I don't know. But every time I come back to it, it just hits really hard. And yeah, I'm going to say nine and a half. Let's, let's do a nine and a half. I think a, a nine for me. Um, for similar similar reasons and similar amount of listening to you, Matt. It's not, not a regular thing in my rotation. But every time I do listen to it, I'm really happy that I did. And out of out of anything by Godspeed You Black Emperor, this is probably the record of theirs that I, I reach for first. I think I'll give it an 8.5 out of 10. I think I've settled on that. They just, or maybe uh, 8.7. Just grated some Parmesan on the top and then flipped it over <laughs> so that it crisped up. Oh, man, that sounds like a good grilled cheese. Yeah, now I'm hungry again. <laughs> <laughs> okay i agonized over what to pick um for our final episode before our summer hiatus between two bands of sisters i have chosen one and that is first aid kit their most recent album palomino they actually do have a tiny desk concert for their second album the lion's roar so i <laughs> advise if you want to dig a little deeper to watch that I actually haven't watched it, but I just looked it up just for this mention. Nice. And it does exist. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Palomino by First Aid Kit. And since Matt did it last time, I'm doing it this time. I advise listening to this not in a dark room. <laughs> I listen to it anywhere but that. <laughs> um, I have, yeah, I feel like first thing in the morning with your coffee is a very good time to listen to this album. Just a quick question on that. Or on the bike. Do you- I didn't, on reflection, I felt a little bit bad about being prescriptive of how to listen to it. I think it was useful, but I'm keen to hear whether you thought it was a useful instruction, Abby, or whether you you thought you could have done without it. No, I I loved that you gave me that that little bit of forethought into like how I was going to listen to it because had you not, I probably would have tried to listen to it on a bike ride. And I think that that would have really skewed my experience listening to it so i was really really grateful that you that you told me a little bit about that you gave me a little bit of pre i don't know guidance (laughs) to make it a better experience so maybe that can be a component that we incorporate uh for each album totally so morning coffee for first aid kit down the laneway off the laneway behind the dumpster (laughs) I'm just for my next one. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm just worried what you're just gonna increasingly <laughs> prescriptive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it has to be raining. Make sure as well. you're wearing green Tuesday, pants. Two fifteen p.m. <laughs> Thank you so much to everyone for listening to this. We've got one more episode to go, and then we're gonna take some time away from each other. Too much of a good thing, you know. Don't want to overdo it. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, thank you, and we'll be back in two weeks to talk about. For a safe kid.